Pacquiao coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. Tango. I believe so. Hockstrap. I believe we are Gucci Mango, yeah. All right. How's it going, everyone? And welcome Hello. back to another episode of the Living Legends Podcast, your weekly source for flesh and blood talkery. We are... That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, uh, Az from Go Again Gaming. Hello, everybody. It's going to be a nice little episode today. We've got a few more uh, spoilers to talk about. And obviously, this time next week, all the cards, pretty much, I think, will be spoiled. Um, yeah. And I believe we have all got our... Well, no, of course, Kel's got his. He's it's already out there mm-hmm. in the Aether. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think I think the rest of us now have all got ours as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, um, we got ours uh, a couple days ago, unfortunately, because Jim is actually going to be in uh, Vegas coming up soon, and he's doing a bunch of prep work for that. We're actually not going to be able to do like a, a full-on video. Uh, we're just going to have to do a Twitter post, but, you know, we'll still be there. We'll still be able yeah. to, to participate, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. I've done a strange video for uh, for mine, which actually ties into the Dungeons and Dragons thing and my character in that, uh, because actually I don't want to say anything too much, really. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, but people that were familiar with uh, my channel branding and avatars and stuff that I've had done for my personal sort of avatar character in D&D might be able to deduce something from it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I had fun with the video. It was good. It was good stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's on, it's on the 24th. Um, so Sunday for, for mine personally, um, mm-hmm. at 9 PM British summer time. So for us, it will be in the afternoon sometime. Yeah. It's like one o'clock for me. I think one, one ish. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to be go-karting on Sunday. It's my my mate's birthday. Um, so uh, I'm not sure whether I'll be there when the premiere goes live because I might be in a car driving. Can't obviously drive and be on the chat at the same time. It's not a, <laughs> not, not a great like idea. A, sounds like a challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Captured on GoPro, as is death, live. No. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're we're obviously a weekend away. When you're listening to this, we're a couple of days away from the spoiler season kicking off. Whether that's watching it on videos or seeing the stuff pop up on Twitter, whatever it is, it's going to be uh, going to be a good time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the the third person you heard talking earlier is Bill. Hi, that's Bill. right. I'm here. I, uh, I I talked before my introduction. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, like uh, like I kind of mentioned, uh, we are still going to be doing our preview card, but um, we're going to be doing just a, a Twitter reveal. Normally, mm. we do like a really cool video, but uh, just with sort of the the turnaround that we've had to do, um, it's a uh, little bit a little bit tight in order to do the kind of video that we generally like to do. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still going to do uh, a Twitter reveal. Um, I'll probably start teasing some amount of stuff just around mm-hmm. vaguely. I don't really have like a solid plan for what I want to do, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm still very excited. Uh, I think this is yeah. going to be a really good set. So, <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, so today's going to be pretty chill we're just going to talk about all of the most exciting news in flesh and blood in the past week which includes 
Basically, all three of the Bright Lights heroes have been spoiled. And with that, we can kind of get a glimpse at all three of the limited archetypes as well, which I think is uh, really interesting. So we'll talk about that. Uh, before that, yeah. we're going to talk about our week in Flesh and Blood. And then after all of this, we'll talk about the uh, banned and suspended announcement and give you mm-hmm. all our opinions on that um, or whether or not we have them some at all. <laughs> so we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Because my <laughs> opinions range from eh, to like, oh, sweet. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's do the, the week in flesh and blood first. I'll kick it off because I have things to say. Not not a ton of things to say, but um, we this past weekend, we had the first major event here local to me in Portland, Oregon. We had the battle hard in Portland. Um, I did not compete in any of like the competitive events, but uh, the showrunner Travis did invite me over for the UPF event. So I participated yeah. in the UPF event. It was a ton of fun. Um, just solidifies that i think upf is one of if not my most favorite or enjoyable way to play flesh and blood i had an absolute blast i did not win but i don't care and i think that's one of the things Uh that is telling of it being really fun and enjoyable is that i didn't win and i don't really care that i didn't win i still had a lot of fun and you know things things happened and otk viscera i won and he had like 30 something rune chance (laughs) but by the end of it um yeah and uh, we had like two KO players. I got attacked for like, you know, 20 plus multiple times from because I was sitting. By the way, I was sitting in between the OTK Viscerai player and the KO player. So I'm like, wow, I'm in danger. And yes, I I'm was in danger. I was in danger. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's really fun. I really hope more people pick up Ultimate Pit Fight and give it a shot, especially with the round the table product from, you know, Tulane Community College collaboration. I think. Yeah. I think it's really good. And I think there's a huge potential for Ultimate Pit Fight to be um, potentially one of the more, you know, enjoyed formats in Flesh and Blood in the future. Just kind of like how Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of like perhaps the way a lot of games go. So if you haven't tried it yet, I definitely give it a shot, especially if you're one of the folks who like you look at it and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be good at all. It's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. And I honestly think the. It's a little bit different than more of a free for all kind because you can only attack the people to your left and right. But what that makes is it makes it makes it so you have one guaranteed ally, right? The one person that you can't attack is kind of like your pocket ally. And if you can politic it well, you can make it so that they can attack one of the other people who is going to be attacking you. And still there's a lot of like interplay and politicking in it. And I've seen like some naysayers are like, oh, you can only attack the people to the left and right. And it's bad because of that. I disagree. I think it adds more layers and it makes it so that you can strategize differently than like a commander type type situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, it's actually quite interesting to be limited by only being able to being able to attack to your left and right because of exactly what you said. Like it it helps to add an additional layer of um, sort of almost self-regulation um to the format where if you could attack anybody then it would be a total free-for-all it'd be really chaotic but having that even just little amount of guide rails um allows you to um like if somebody goes off to a really oppressive start then like the players on the left and right will be able to focus on them and then you know the other player it gets to leave you alone so that you can sort of do your own thing as well um i don't know it's uh 
it is actually pretty interesting. I'm not explaining it very well, but if you've played UPF, I think people will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I think as well with the introduction of the bright lights and this round the table as well. Um, I think a lot of uh, things that I've seen about it that are negative is that there's no board state development. Now, what is the what do these next sets do? They add that to the mix. They add a lot more board state development. And this constant, like Dromai, for instance, is an absolute menace in UPF because if you don't deal with the dragon, she will run you over at the end because nothing mm-hmm. can stop it. Um, so I think that's one thing that needs to be added, which I think is going to be added to this. But also, it's still a very, very young format. So like very much like how Commander started, it was just fans playing the game that then made the experience an actual thing, right? So that there, there is still development for it to be taken into the hands of players and made even better than what it is now. Whether that's mm-hmm. a rule that someone makes and forms a committee and then it evolves from there. Um, I think there's a piece in the article that said that said something along the lines of it's still in the hands of the players to decide what the best thing to do is for the situation or whatever. Because it's still very kitchen table-ish. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes for sure. Yeah, I think the board state thing is actually positive, to be honest, because I played a lot of Commander, and Commander yeah. can get to the point where everyone is just at a giant gridlock board stall because there's like a million permanents on the board, and you just have piles and piles of crap, and nothing happens, and the game yeah. takes like two hours, and that's like not what I, where I want to be. <laughs> that's not where I want to be at all. And at least in UPF, you can always just punch someone. Like that's like you just attack them unless you yeah. play some weird like not, not attacking deck. But like like you you never you're never board wiped to nothing, and you're never like at a grid gridlock you, you could always attack someone because it's flesh and blood like that's just kind of how the game mm-hmm. works which i think is is really good um I very yeah. very rarely do i have upf games that are super super long they can go kind of long but um, um i think on average they're a little bit better than commander unless you're playing like cedh but that's different <laughs> that's, that's different mm. um and uh i can confirm <laughs> yeah CDH, cdh is a lot of fun actually I, I i like it quite a bit um but I'm also I'm also really a big fan of like Canadian Highlander and stuff too. So, but yeah, I've I think it I think it is it's fun. I think there can there still can be improvements to it. Like I think uh, like a format like uh, what's that magic that that commander format where everyone has a different role to play, like assassin, oh. king, guard. <clears throat> Uh, I think I think hidden I think hidden roles I think hidden yeah. roles in a fab game uh, ultimate pit fight would be sick to be honest. Like if someone's the king, someone's trying to kill the king, someone's trying to protect the king, but you don't know the people's roles in the game. So that that also adds another element to it, right? Rather than just having the left and right thing, you could you could have hidden roles within the game as well, which is more board gamey. Um so I'd love to see if someone has an idea like table pit, you know, you do loads of different sort of UPF variants that involve chilies and you know maybe a shoey one in the future. I'm happy to star. Um, but <laughs> Ian and I. Had yeah, just, a, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So just just experiment with different ideas. What what was what was you going to say? So Ian and I have been playing with a lot of different ideas for multiplayer formats for a while. We just haven't had yeah. time to actually do them. There was one that was a like two headed giant variant that we called tag team. So it was kind of like a tag team wrestling match where you can like tag in mm. your your partner. Um, then we also had another idea. This was this was my idea, and this was um, inspired by some um, commander content creators, where there is um, 
a point system. And by that, I don't mean restricting cards in your deck. I mean that you have objectives and completing those objectives gets you points. And the person with the most points wins. Mm -hmm. So it's not like who's the last person standing wins. Yeah, being the last person standing gives you a decent amount of points. But you could also yeah. be like second place or third place and still win overall because you did a bunch of the points. And the points would be crazy stuff like play four cards with the word tome in it. And we'll call it like the bookkeeper or like, you know, gain yeah. gain 10 life or, you know, whatever. Save someone from dying. You know, a bunch of different cool stuff that you could do where it in encourages people to play in ways that they normally wouldn't play and perhaps mm -hmm. ways that aren't just being the, the, the spikiest thing possible. Um, I want, we wanted to make the format. So like if you played the spikiest deck possible and you got, you know, killed everyone and got first place, but that's the only thing you did, then you would probably lose. That's, that's what I wanted it to be. Um, like maybe you, yeah. you know, playing the four books gets you four points, but being the last person standing only gets you three or something like that. Um, yeah. Stuff like that as well gives you a incentive to play a weird deck um, yeah. as well because you're achieving these points that are based on you playing four books in a single turn or play if you've got if you control five potions you get x points yeah, exactly. or whatever like if, if you have um, a potion an amulet uh talisman mm. and another thing then you get a point or whatever and you'll just call it yeah ach you know, achievement unlocked set up shop and you're just there yeah. like behind your behind <laughs> your items just chilling <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know why i'm trying to do this sort of dal sim street fighter <laughs> movement on the camera here but <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's working for me it's working for that's me. that's for the visual the visual viewers only <laughs> um so get over to youtube and watch it on red zone rogue anyway yeah, yeah do that the and the last thing i just want to mention before we move on to uh something else <clears throat> is because we're talking a lot about upf is uh the social play the social play kit that's uh coming out soon and so like it could be a format that you could actually play and get prizes for at your local lgs which i think is really really cool mm -hmm. so if it's something you're interested in if all the the absolute nonsense we've just been talking about uh interests you you should ask your lgs be like hey get some of these social play kits and that way they can you know hold events and then you can get cool prize support that includes like cold foil heroes uh rainbow foil equipment and play mats and yeah. all this kind of stuff the, the the current one is the melody play mat or the melody um the melody kit which includes a melody play mat and cold Ball hero and all this cool stuff um so yeah, yeah. just uh if that's interest to you let you all just know and that, that includes by the way just all social play stuff so not just uh upf uh you know commoner there's the 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 starter deck like the sealed deck tournaments and mm -hmm. all that kind of cool stuff so yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just leave that as my week in flesh and blood. I did a lot of other like content related <laughs> stuff as well, but uh, that's a little less interesting. So I'll toss it over to one of you guys if uh, you got you got some stuff in your back pocket. Bill's definitely got stuff in his back pocket. <laughs> or, he's, or he's burned a hole in his back pocket, more like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I picked up some some upgrades for. Uh, just my collection in general. I now own a full CC playset of uh, cold foil Genesis's Gen Genesis. Yeah. Um, I also just picked up a uh, cold foil light of soul. And then also finally uh, Leviah, uh, the legendary Leviah. Right. Uh, I did not spring for the, uh, the Marvel version. Uh, that's just too far off for me. So I just got the regular, but even the regular was like 50 bucks. So 
Um, are they are they still like really expensive? The Marvel ones are they? Uh, the Marvel ones, yeah. I think uh, one of our local players was talking to me about it, and he got one that was decently priced at like Nats or something. Um, maybe even slightly before that, and it was like eight hundred and forty Canadian dollars. <laughs> mm. uh, I just have like a regular basic one signed. got signed by steve and then here's my one of my four light of souls but this is the cold foil one which is cool. yeah so now oh, officially all three of us have uh cold foil light of souls oh so, no sorry I, I got rid of mine <laughs> oh dang it just in I, I, time. I think i think i'm i think i may have told the story on the podcast already but just in case i have not um i did uh, basically sell it and then use the money that I got to get a Red and the Ledger playmat from Flukenbox. Oh, um, you did tell you me did, about that. You did yeah, mention yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I did, I, did, I did have one, so all of us did acquire one at some point, but obviously we've traded, well, I've traded it for something that I would prefer to have, personally. Mm-hmm. But that's the great thing about the game, you can do that, right, with these pieces. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, my week's been... I haven't really been doing much, really. Uh, obviously, since we got the spoiler card, I've just been doing the video for that today, which took a little bit of time. Um, been messing around with more Azalea stuff on on Talashar, uh, looking at bringing Memorial Grounds back in in place of Spire Sniping, because Spire Sniping at the end of the game just doesn't really do anything if you've used all of your good arrows. You play a Spire Sniping later on once it's come back around the second time and you're digging yeah. for crap, basically, at that point because you've used it all. Whereas Memorial Grounds, you can get something back onto the back onto top of your deck, which is actually good, and dominate it. So it's I think it's doing better even though it doesn't block. The yellow one's still quite good because it gets any arrow back out of your, out of your graveyard on top of your deck. So... Mm-hmm. Um, been experimenting with Memorial Grounds again with all the latest Azalea tech. Um, but yeah, we'll speak about a little bit more of that because obviously Bullseye Brazers might be coming back. Well, it will be yes. eventually. It'll definitely be coming back. <laughs> Probably sooner rather than later, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. But we can get into that when we get when we get there, I guess. Yeah, but, but before we do, unless you guys have anything else you want to go over before we pop up... Uh, some heroic mm. tinker pals. Um, yeah, I think we can. Okay. Well, I think we can pop up the heroic tinker pals. All right, sweet. So uh, here we go. We're gonna. I want to talk about all three of them because I think it's really interesting to talk about all three of them together. So we'll talk about the two new ones first because they're the most exciting, and then we'll talk about Tech Lavasin and kind of how they all gel together. And I think I want to just talk a little bit about uh, the the what we can maybe expect from Limited because I'm really, really, really excited for Limited for this set. So yeah. first up, I have uh, Dash Database, which was spoiled by Max Ferocity. And if you haven't seen the video, definitely go check it out. I do believe she mm-hmm. will have another video showing some more stuff in the future, possibly the adult version of this Dash IO. Um, yep. And Dash Database is like really, really cool. Um, I have opinions on this uh, for limited and and constructed, and they're a little bit different for each format. But overall, I think the, the hero is super, super cool. So for you audio only folks, I'll tell you what she does, just in case you don't know. So Dash Database, this is the young version. And today we're going to talk about just all of the young versions today. Um, so she is a four intellect, 18 health hero. So she actually has less uh, starting health and we can assume that the adult version probably has the appropriate amount of less health probably like four less health um just mm-hmm. kind of like how prism you know very similar to like prism um from dust hold on 
And then we have her abilities, which I think are super, super cool. The first ability is, is just awesome. Uh, it says you may look at the top card of your deck anytime. And for players of other card games, this is an effect that is pretty like you well used in a lot of other card games. And it's one of my favorite effects, um, especially when coupled mm. with the, the second effect, which kind of lets you play them. And it says uh, once per turn, you may play a mechanologist item with cost zero or one from the top of your deck as though or an instant it costs an additional one to play uh so a couple things to note here that i think are really cool one is that it is once per turn not once per your turn it is once mm -hmm. per every turn so you can do that on your opponent's turn and then if it's upf you can do it on another opponent's turn and then another opponent's turn uh, which i think is super cool um and then also, it, this is not a cost reduction. It's a cost addition, which, um, you know, it's like this balancing thing. Obviously, it, it really feels like they, they feel like this is a really strong ability because one, they gave her less health. And then two, they made it cost more. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you can look at the top card of your deck anytime. And if it's a mech item, specifically has to be a mech item with cost zero or one, you can play it as an instant. Um, mm -hmm. It'll cost either one or two um I'll it's just the instant it's just the instant part really isn't it that's just just ridiculous because you could essentially if you've got the right cards on top if you've either put them there through opt or whatever or if you just happen to have them on top you can play them at instant speed so they don't require an action point so you can just keep going all the items well most of the items don't have go again on them do they you have to play them mm. at the end yeah i don't think any of them do i well, think they're no. all just We'll talk about that when we get to the next hero, because some of them might in this set. Um, yeah, but if you're playing them with Dash, they won't have go again, will they? Well, we don't know. We don't know what other items that they're going to print with Crank. So there might be there might be a zero or one cost item that has Crank that Dash can play yeah. with and then play and then get an action point. Um, oh, I see. Oh, OK, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, the balancing part is it's only once per turn, so you can only do this on once on your turn. So if you have an item and then you have another item, you can't play them both, right? You can only do one. But on your opponent's turn, you can do another one. It'll be difficult, though, because you drop at the end of your turn, so you will, you know, if it if it if if you have another item, you'll have drawn it, so you'll have to make sure that you have another one on top. Um, mm -hmm. The other downside, yeah. obviously, is their items, and as of this recording, every single item we've seen in the entire game has a block of zero. So if you're running a lot of items in your deck, well... Brutal it's going to be hard to block and you're already at like less health than your opponent. So it's kind of like a razor's edge kind of, kind of situation. Mm. Um, yeah. And then of course um, you have the, the, the ability that lets you look at the top card of your deck. So it does help you set up for boosts. If you want to be like a more boost oriented thing. So you can be like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm the top cards a generic or whatever. So I don't want to boost. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. What do, what do you guys think of dash database just in general? I think she's she has the potential to be quite good. I know that there's a huge opportunity cost to um, to running a bunch of items exactly for the reasons that you said. The other thing that kind of is unfortunate about these is um, or about this ability specifically, and I definitely think it's on purpose, is that it can't get Teclo Pounder <laughs> or it can't oh, play yeah. Teclo Pounder off the top of your deck, yep. uh, which is good great honestly <laughs> like please don't uh, give that ability uh to be able to set up a tecla pounder on your opponent's turn um like that's just that would be way too strong but um 
yeah, being able to play things and set up your board as an instant, I think is really cool. Um, I, I think that she, depending on what items we get access to, could be quite strong. Like if there's another thing that's in the same vein as Construct Nitro Mechanoid, then, you know, if there's something that needs X amount of items in play or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think that Dash is going to absolutely be the deck for that. I, I don't think that there's even very much of a question about it. Um, even if you're paying one to like draw a card and play it, um, I still think that that's pretty solid. Um, although with uh, that being said, the fact that I mentioned specifically Construct Nitro Mechanoid, we do have... Uh, the other hero, which I won't allude to quite yet, but I will say probably the better hero for Construct Nitro, probably the hero for Construct Nitro Mechanoid. You got to feel that they were like made for it, kind of, you know? Yeah, okay. So it's even in the name, uh, Max Nitro, that's M-A-X-X Nitro, uh, is the other Mechanologist hero that we're seeing. So it's uh, Teclavossen-IO-Database and Max Nitro are the four heroes that we're getting in this set. Well... We, and we don't know if da- Dash IO might just be the adult version of Dash Database. Oh, this is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have the name of it. Yeah, that's true. OK, um, so, yeah, we know for a fact we have the three uh, and Max is the third. Yeah, and, and I, I will Max... note that it's very likely this is all we're getting because we have seen armory kits and they just have these mm. three heroes as the, the things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Max is super cool. Reminds me aesthetically a lot of uh, Echo from League of Legends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is fantastic. Big fan of that. Uh, also big fan of the ability. The ability is really interesting. Um, so Max Nitro is a four intellect, 20 health mechanologist hero. Young. We don't we don't have the adult version yet, but we will see. Um, has a once per turn action. For two resources, create a hyper driver token with two steam counters. Activate this ability only if you've boosted this turn. Yep. And then it does that the ability does not have go again. But there is another line of text. Hyper drivers you control get crank. And what crank is, it's actually kind of crazy. As this enters the arena, you may remove a steam counter from it if you do gain an action point. Yep. So in a way, the ability does not have go again. But also it kind of has go again if you yeah. want it to. <laughs> yeah. Um also, yeah, people are kind of theory crafting like there's a way to get like three or four action points with Max. Um, you can because it stacks with go again um, because it is giving you an action point and not specifically go again. Um, so that I think that that's quite interesting as well. If you needed four action points in Mechanologist for some reason. <laughs> I mean, you have a uh, oh crap. What's the name of the card? The card that gives you an action point every time you boost that, and then also draws you. A oh card. yeah, uh, high octane. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Probably pretty good. Probably pretty good with Max, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think Max is super interesting. I think he's a. I think they've learned their lesson with uh, Voltaire and uh, Luminaris because this is only a once per turn to get the the to get the hyperdriver. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you can play more hyperdrivers to get to get the action points and stuff but the way hyperdriver works is hyperdriver itself uh is an item that starts in play with i can't remember the with the base version if it's two or three uh 
red gives you three, then you okay? yellow is two, blue is one. Okay, yeah. Um, but the trigger on Hyperdriver is not a May. It's whenever you boost, remove a counter from Hyperdriver, and then you get a resource. So Max mm-hmm. is a hero that you can't really stack a lot of the tokens because in order to make the token, you have to boost. And if you're boosting, then you have to remove counters from Hyperdriver. So you can't really just use this to stack a bunch of hyperdrivers and just have a massive turn with a bunch of resources you have a limit on the number of hyperdrivers that you can make from max's ability which i think is pretty cool i think it's um just kind of like smart smart design um and i i didn't mention this when we're talking about dash i do want to go back to dash in in a minute but uh, i think max is the hero that i want to play most in limited i think it's going to be a lot of fun um yeah, and he's probably going to be the easiest one to play unlimited, to be honest, as well. You just boost. Like, he's the boost matters hero. Each hero, by the way, I think mm-hmm. alludes to archetypes, like I mentioned. Max Nitro is definitely the boost matters hero. And then uh, Dash Database is definitely the item matters hero, where she's like, hey, I mm-hmm. want a lot of items in my deck. And then Max is like, hey, I want a lot of boost in my deck. And I think um, those those allude to the, the, the three different archetypes in Bright Lights, with the third one being Teklavasan, who cares about uh, Evos. Um, and so you'll have your Evo deck, you'll have your boost deck, and then you'll have your, um, item deck. And I'm sure there's a lot of overlap between them all. Um, yeah. What do you think about? So how does it, so how does this, how does this want to play then? Is it just like I boost maybe a few times and then create a hyperdriver and then I get a, more of a spiky turn next turn because I have more resources to, to, to yeah. use or... Yeah. Or you could then yeah. go the... the the thing that I really like about it. It's like just theoretically, but if you play, if you actually play the physical hyperdrivers, each of them gets go again. So you could play three hyperdrivers in a single turn if you yeah. wanted to. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and so like, that like it just helps you set up for mechanoids so easy. Um, yep, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. if you want to do the nitro mechanoid thing, definitely max nitros is where. Mm-hmm. where you know where it's at we'll have i'm very curious to see if my nitro mechanoid will get a reprint in this set it probably won't if mm-hmm. i had to guess but it'd be really cool to get it in the set so you can do it in limited like that would be that would be super sick to to do like a uh a, you know do that in limited because you do have a full set of token mech equipment in bright lights because you have the um the prototype pieces which we've already seen our token and so that means you could just start the game with all four of them, which means you do have all four mech, mech pieces. So all you need is the hyperdrivers. Um, but can you own, you can only do uh, at the moment at least we can only, you can only assemble the mech once, and that's it because you've sacrificed all your equipments. Unless yes. there's something that allows you to put more equipments back on again afterwards. Correct. Yeah, so you can only do it once. So is that is that payoff worth it for this for that for just doing it once? I think if you do it in Blitz, you're like smashing someone's face in. And yeah. 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 Like the, the amount of value that you get from it, even though for the three hyperdrivers, if not all of them are real hyperdrivers, if like some of them are tokens or whatever, which I assume you're going to be doing at least one token hyperdriver, yeah. uh, at least in max. Um, that does each one that you sort of cheat on, like the each one that isn't a real hyperdriver, does mean minus one attack that you're able to do. But yeah, like in Blitz, mm. you get it out and you're attacking for like 30 instead of 40. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's not true, actually. But the minus one attack thing, 
um, Joshua Scott said that they're going to adjust the rules to make it work. Oh, the tokens, the tokens count? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, yeah, then this card's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the tokens will then count. you're attacking for 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then you're blocking for a lot as well. Um, yeah. yeah oh, it, that's dope. Yeah, so I think I think Max in like constructed is probably going to be like a hyperdriver. I mean, a hyperdriver, but like a you know nitro mechanoid kind of kind of thing. I mean, it's in his name, right? Max Nitro, mm -hmm. Nitro Mechanoid. Yeah, true. Max yeah, that's, that's, well, that's an oversight. Yeah, completely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I think I think Max is is pretty cool, um, and I think I think it'll be like nuts and blitz. In, in CC, I don't know, but I think in Blitz, I think it'll be it'll be kind of like insane. Like assembling Nitro Mechanoid in Blitz is like kind of game over, right? Like, yeah, especially again with theoretically, I haven't done the math, but with this, like, I feel like you can get it done pretty quickly. You just play like nine of Hyperdrivers because yeah, why not? Like they all have go again, yeah, technically. Yeah. Um, I guess the blue ones are potentially worse. Do you sack them as soon as they have no counters or do you have to wait until is it start of turn? Hang so um, I'm not sure if the blue ones are that much of a liability. Well, maybe I was going to say because I mean, they're also just a blue. Well, yeah, because like, Max's effect, you have to pay two to even do it. So it's mm -hmm. like you could always just pay two, like pitch, pitch your blue one to make a token that has has two instead of the. Yeah. And then you still have a resource. Yeah. Um, yeah. The blue ones just turn into uh, yellow ones, essentially that are also an extra resource yeah um yeah important i think to you just played i i think you well it wouldn't be nine of because this was talking about blitz but you play six, six of six them. Of, yeah yeah and we haven't seen yeah. max's weapon either so like true that might that might you know help with all this stuff as well and i'm sure that we're going to get more equipment as well you know maybe a headpiece maybe some boots that both synergize with the uh, nitro mechanoid because we already have like the gloves that do and you know chest piece so um yeah I don't know. Max is super cool. I, I think he's yeah. the one I'm looking forward to playing most in limited. Um, I think Dash is going to be really fun in constructed. I do want to mention uh, for, for Dash in particular, I want to talk about the art for Dash. Well, first of all, the art artist, Sam Yang, beautiful artwork. Um, but I think there are a bunch of like potentially really interesting lore implications for this because it is Dash First of all, the card, the card name is Dash Database, which is pretty sus to begin with. But mm. also in the artwork, she's basically standing next to what I believe to be Data Doll. Um, and I believe this because you can kind of see the metallic body on it. Uh, you can see part of her like metallic face because you have like the, the kind of like the human illusion. But the, she also has like this little swoopy hair thing that Data Doll has like robotic swoopy hair. I'm pretty mm. sure that's that's Data Doll. And a lot of folks, or at least some folks were like, oh, does this confirm that Dash is actually an android? And I was like, maybe, but it, to me, what this looks like is the Wraith equivalent of like net running. Like this looks to me like Dash is like net running into the database and communing with Datadoll um, mm -hmm. in like the Wraith version of like the net. Um so well, there is a matrix in metrics, isn't there? So yeah, that's that's my guess. What's going on here? I think it's super interesting, and I really, really want to see the the lore on this. Um, yeah, 
Does that, yeah, that's... but if you look on the um, if you look on the key art for Bright Lights, there's a sign that says Matrix Entrance. Um, so there, 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 there is there is some sort of matrix or some sort of there could potentially be some form of digital world or digital thing that you can go go into or access. Um, so that's an interesting theory as well. Yeah, and I can't tell on the art for Dash. She has like this long thing coming out of the back of her head, and I can't tell if it's just her rat tail that's super long and thin, or if she actually mm. has a cord being plugged into the back of her head. Um, yeah, I have to assume that that's an intentional thing that it looks ambiguous. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Sam, <laughs> Sam, see you. Sam, you've done it again. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll have Sam Master on the podcast. Intrigue. Yeah, he's he's agreed yeah. to be on the podcast still, and he wanted specifically. He said he wanted to wait until bright light spoilers were done, um, so we'll be able to ask him about all this stuff, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, and then I do yeah. want to mention Max Nitro's art as well. Um, I love the two characters in the background. There's like a white haired like street samurai guy, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's when I made me realize that I they posted on Twitter about this. I was like. Bright lights isn't cyberpunk. It's it's Shadowrun. Um, yeah, <laughs> they have like you know street samurai, and I can just see people like using magic and like having, you know, like I just want to see a brute. I want to see one of the brutes from the Savage Lands in Metrics wearing a bunch of like techno garbage, right? Um, that would be funny. And he yeah. has like a gun or something. Um. Just going back to Max as well, uh, briefly. Uh, there are a few. There are a few cards that were absolutely overlooked because of the fact that they were Hyper Driver Matters cards, which were in um, Dynasty, um, and yeah, all Dynasty. So they were all Dynasty cards, which cared about Hyper Drivers. So you got Crankshaft, which is obviously. Uh, a card that has crank in its name, blessing of ingenuity and jumpstart, which are all cards that care about hyperdrivers, so they could actually see play hmm. now as well. Uh, so they're always worth looking at. Like oh, crankshaft, for instance, is yeah. So when crankshaft is banished to pay a boost cost, put a steam counter on a hyperdriver you control, and it's a boost attack. Um, and there's another one called Blessing of Ingenuity as well, which says at the start of your turn, destroy it and then put up to three hyperdrivers from your graveyard and or banish zone into the arena for the red one. I'm going to make a theory right now. Yeah. One or both of those cards are going to get reprinted in this set. For drafting. Could be. Yeah. I think Blessing of Ingenuity is like a pretty slam dunk effect to have. Um, when you have a, yeah. a character that cares so much about hyperdrivers that they literally create hyperdrivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Jumpstart as well is another one that's that's cost reduction. It says if you control a hyperdriver, it costs one less, and it's a two a two attack uh, two cost attack for five, four, or three. That sounds Blocks like a draft. Three. Sounds like a draft card to me, man. Like so, yeah. Got a lot of a uh, lot of cards there which care about hyperdrivers already, which mm -hmm. are already there. So I. I actually kind of think with such a big set, we're gonna we're gonna get a more reprints than usual in this set. Like I, I think we're gonna get reprints of some of the key met cards that were only ever in like uh you know history pack or arcane rising. Like I think we'll get like zero to sixty and that kind of stuff. So instead of printing another zero cost boost card, I think they're just gonna reprint them for limited play, right? Because we already yeah. have like T Bone and Zero to Sixty. We don't need another zero cost boost cards you can run like a billion of them in your cc deck well 
Here's a spicy one for the viewers. I've got a zero cost boost card. <laughs> there we go. That's here's all. That's another, all the, here's another spicy that's all the information. one. For the oh wait, I got two cards. Ooh, oh baby, the zero cost boosters. All right. okay. Here's here's the other thing, and this is this is going to be the thing where I don't know, but these these guys might know. So the other thing that I'm really, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about Tekla Voss in just a second. But the uh, the other thing that I'm really curious on Bright Lights is up till now we have never gotten a non-attack boost card, nor basically we've never gotten boost on anything but attack actions. Every every boost card in the entire game are only on attack actions, and so I'm really curious if they're going to break the mold here and if we're going to get a non-attack. Um, or a reaction with boost because I think that would be super cool to have like an attack reaction with boost. So you can like attack react, and then if you if you get the boost, then you get like an additional effect. So those yeah. are, those are like two things that I'm very very looking forward to seeing uh, for bright lights, like either de react, mm -hmm. attack react, or non attack with 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 uh, with boost on it. Um, yeah. So. Oh, it's so hard to not say anything, even though we're live, <laughs> uh, even though I know a few things. Mm, <laughs> but, um, I, but yeah, we're, we're only a few days away from the thing. We're only yeah. a few days away. Um, but uh, <clears throat> new keywords. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen people on Twitter being like, oh, my card has a new keyword. Like, yeah, Bre Breezy exactly. said that, too. So it's like cats out of the bag, yeah. I suppose. Um, Pretty much. So. I want to talk about Teklavasan before we, we move on to the other thing, because I think Teklavasan really completes the picture. When you're looking at bright lights as a whole, I think you really need to mm -hmm. pay attention to Dash, Teklavasan, and Max Ferocity. Or not Max Ferocity, Max uh, Nitro. <laughs> well, slip, right, yeah. <laughs> slip, slip, slip of the tongue. It's all the same. Um, so Teklavasan, I think, is also super interesting, and I think uh, is the other hero that I'm really, really looking forward to playing with, especially since I have already played with... Um, the Professor Teklavasan from the Round the Table product. And I, the only thing I'll say is that it's super fun. And so that just makes me really want to play with this Teklavasan as well, which is different. Mm -hmm. So this Teklavasan, for intellect, 20 health, and it says you may play Evos from your Banish Zone, which smells a lot like Chain. Uh, and it says once <laughs> per turn instant for three resources, you may play your next Evo this turn as though it were an instant. When you do, draw a card. So... That seems pretty good. Uh, the fact that it costs three to play, though, and I've seen a lot of the Evos that we've seen. So I think the only ones we've seen are the ones from the Round the Table product and then that weird headpiece. I think they're all really expensive. I think they most, most of them cost like four to play. So in order mm -hmm. to play this at instant speed, you'll need seven resources. You'll have three to activate this ability and then four to actually play the thing. Um, but it draws you a card. So like, I don't know. That's pretty cool. I, I, I do want to note now, now that I've just read Teklavasan, that all three of the mech heroes are able to play stuff, um, not not necessarily instant speed, but they're able to gain resources or to, to or to cheat the you know the the one play point per turn, right? Because Dash Database lets you play them at instant speed from the top of your deck. Uh, Max Nitro gives them gives your Hyperdrive's Crank, which gives you action points, and then Teklavasan lets you play um, Evos at instant speed, and then also gives you a card. So I, all all three of the heroes kind of like cheat the fundamental rules of flesh and blood, like the, the one play point thing, um, which is interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know whether there's going to be any 
equipment or anything uh, for the new heroes. There probably will be, but if you look at the, the chest that's already available for mechanologists and the Teclo Foundry Heart, that is also good for these heroes. That well, especially especially Teclo Vossen because he can play things from his banish zone. And what does Teclo Foundry Heart do? Pay one, banish the top two cards of your deck, gain a resource for each mech card you banish. Uh, activate it only if you've boosted this turn, however, but still pretty synergistic with regards to what you want to do and how you can access cards anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I think I think this all paints a pretty clear picture of what, like, the limited environment's going to be, right? So you're going to have these three heroes to choose from, and you're going to be... They're very clear what they want to do, right? So Teclavasan is like, hey, I want to play Evos. Uh, Max is like, hey, I want to play Hyperdrivers and boost stuff. And then Dash is like, hey, I want items. Uh, Teclavasan also likely wants a lot of boost stuff as well, because like I said, there's probably a lot of uh, crossover between these because, you know, when you boost your Evos and you can play them from Banish. Um, so I'm excited to see some of the other like high rarity mm. Evos as well, because so far yeah. we've seen um, just the headpiece, um, just yeah. the majestic headpiece. And we also, as far as I know, haven't even seen the entirety of the card. Uh, there yep, is like a barcoded out section of the effect. So mm, I wonder if it has to do with oh, this, yeah. this this mysterious keyword that people are alluding to. Yeah. Mm. So very very <laughs> interesting. Um, very intrigued to see what that what that means. <laughs> what that's going to be. Um, if there's going to be like a legendary Evo. Um, oh, there's got to be. Does. Oh, there's like, got to be. There's got to be a couple, yeah. right? Like. The fact that it's all it's an all mech set, I'm I'm super super curious to see what they do with the legendaries, right? Like mm -hmm. they can't just make like five mech legendaries, right? They have to make they have yeah. to make like a and there's like a lot of them. <laughs> there's like I'm pretty sure like eight legendaries in this set. I think I wonder if that includes. Like, that's a good point. I wonder if that includes the three from the expansion slot. Mm -hmm. there, were th it. there were three in the expansion slot, and they. Expansion slot cards do have the serial number the same as like the rest of the set, right? So it feels like they're so. part. It feels like they're part of the set. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and but, yeah, we've we've already seen three legendaries in mm -hmm. that part, haven't we? So yep. So I mean, that's still sense. that's still five though, right? Like even if they are yeah. included, that's still five other legendaries. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the finally the set. We'll see the generic boots. Um, Mm. or like it'll just be uh crown of providence but uh sandals of providence yeah <laughs> well no it'll be, it'll be like super snapdragon scalers right yeah because <laughs> boots boots tend to like give go again on things so it'll probably be some yeah. some shenanigans to give go again yeah, if yeah you've, it'll uh, just be uh give all of your attacks this turn go again for free and also draw a card ah <laughs> uh, the luminaris treatment yeah uh, everything you have has just has go again just because like just because just because you <laughs> just sneezed yellow and now everything has go again <laughs> oh lovely uh -huh. <laughs> all right well with, with that said um very curious to know what uh you our dear audience thinks about these uh, bright lights heroes um personally i'm really excited for them and i think it it mean it makes limited look super super fun um i think just on paper and by on paper, I mean, like, just at a first glance, I think Teclavasan and Max Nitro look the most playable from um, a limited standpoint. And I think Dash is really tricky. Not only does she have less life than the others, but you also, 
she wants you to play cards that don't block. Um, and in limited, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to pull that off in a really cohesive way, or maybe we'll just have a pile of cards that don't block, and then you just die because you have less health. Or and well, well, well Max is just we'll... nitroing all over your face. Well, that sounded dirty. <laughs> well, she's nitroing all over your face. Anyway, uh, I think we are waiting for. Um, I think we are waiting for new cards to come out, which make sure. items playable in a limited format because they don't block. So there's. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe that's two inside a baseball. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they got going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have, they have a large set to go through. There's likely going to be a lot of equipment. Um, one of the things that I'm very curious on are like equipment that augment other things. Um, yes. Like items and like that kind of stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I want to play a lot of this and I, I imagine I am going to play a lot of this uh, probably on my channel. I think I think just streams of like Crack Shuffle Play streams just sound like a lot of fun. Where you, oh, just, God, like, yeah. like, you get so much play out of just a single booster box, right? Like you can you can you can play with a different deck every time for an entire stream like just with one box which seems like a lot of fun yeah rather than just busting it open and being sad that you didn't pull like the one card that you wanted or whatever <laughs> um you just play with the cards um so yeah that's that uh, unless you guys have any other things you want to say about bright lights or these three heroes in particular we can move on to the um Banned and suspended announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very interesting news that I think aligns a lot with kind of what people were asking for. Um, which, by the way, not to not to bury the lead as much um, for this sort of thing. Uh, they did announce that they've changed bullseye bracers from being um, banned outright to being suspended until Lexi is gone. Um, I so pretty significant honestly i, I swear um, it, it aligns with their their messaging though i swear i mentioned this in that discussion we were having about like banned stuff i was like they could just make it so it's just like banned until lexi mm -hmm. hits ll and well, yeah here, here we are they did also kind of say that they were keeping an eye on that as a possibility anyway yep. um i think they were like we'll kind of check in again at the next ban and and uh and restricted or banded suspended rather. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that it's the correct call, um, just kind of objectively, um, like personally, at least, because I don't know, it wasn't really that bad in um, in Azalea, but it was that bad in Lexi because you were already able to do like three arrow turns pretty easily and it just made it four arrows instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it just i think i think i think lss specifically like you know the the devs have learned that hey just stapling go again onto all your crap makes stuff like really busted all of the heroes not all of them but a lot of the heroes that are super super busted it's just they they have go again stapled onto all their crap so it's just like chain yeah. prism specifically luminaris lexi voltaire like a lot of the the problems in flesh and blood stem from hey breaking one of the core tenets of the game and that's like you have one action point and there's you you know mm -hmm. most of the time you have to jump through some hoops to get the go again but nah if all your crap has go again it's kind of kind of good 
Yeah, especially in especially in Ranger when their attacks are a lot more a lot more detrimental if they hit you. Um, so mm-hmm. being able to access multiple instances of that is yeah is a tough one. And we've we've discussed at length that Tales of Aria was just a bit of a bit of a shit show with regards to power level because <laughs> it was just boy. so high. Drill my players are going to be like, "What me?" When I say, "Hey, I think Dromai is also a." a problem that we should be kind of uh, keeping an eye on as well like just being able to play a, a single red card and give all your crap go again it's mm-hmm. there's a reason that dromai is like considered to be one of the best heroes in the game currently and a lot of people think that she might be the best after lexi leaves and uh, i think giving all your crap go again is possibly one of the reasons and all your crap just being on the field at all times you know makes yeah. it makes it pretty good I feel, like that, that, <laughs> I feel like that 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 plays into certain strategies like Ninja. Though I think Ninja will see a resurgence when everything else goes because they can just go extensively wide and clear the dragons and still leak damage. So I think Ninjas yeah. might come back a bit quite uh, significantly if that is the case. Yeah, yeah which yeah. then uh, which then opens up things like Azalea because she preys upon aggro and all this. So it's it's good it's good in the sense that it's going to self correct again when that when those heroes go out. But it's clear that obviously the design team now is curbing the hero power level rather than allowing them to have ridiculous things. Um, mm-hmm. There's still power cards there, obviously, but there's not. You know, Vol- Voltaire was just insanely broken in the context of three of a kind and Bullseye being able to get all of these cards into your hand. You know, not you blocking with your entire hand and then playing one three of a kind out of your arsenal and having a hand again and still being able to fire three arrows is just madness some of those lines that you can get um so yeah it's nice to see nice to see that the bullseye is going to be coming back to riptides and azaleas that were punished as a result of lexi's sins there was a whole tweet i did on that which uh which got some spice i might add people would people agree people disagree uh but um yeah, uh, it was a it was a good discussion nonetheless, and it is a question that I put forward to Flake to ask Brian about on the pod on his Instant Speed podcast. Um, so uh, hopefully that gets asked there. Um, but yeah, good stuff to see Bull- Bullseye back in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think all in all, it's uh, it's a positive change. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I played Lexi and Blitz, so none of this affects me. None of this did affect me, and none of it currently affects me because she's still legal in Blitz, and Bullseye was never banned in Blitz. So it's just like, yeah, sure. I, my deck doesn't change uh, yeah. at all. So because I play, I play for those listening who don't exactly know. I play Uzuri in CC, uh, and I play Lexi and Blitz. So yeah, I, I'm fine. Like. So I am happy for all of the Azalea players and I guess like the two Riptide players um, out there who get, <laughs> get their bullseye bracers back. Uh, no, shout, shout out, shout out to the the, the squad of shout Riptide players. Shout out David Mink. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the two. Yeah, the, the other person is uh, DM Armada. Um, no, no, I'm just, I'm just having fun um no i don't know that you're that far off (laughs) hey i love a hero that a lot of people would consider on the same power level as riptide which is arachne so hey i think i think we can all like poke fun at (laughs) poke fun at each other um (laughs) 
and then Roger. rest be rest assured that we're not the problem. Um, That's me though. But if you look at if you look at those heroes in comparison to what has been done in the past, it's just like we know we're on the right path now going forward with what's being designed with regards to power level. I think. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think. Like not to derail it too much, but uh, I kind of alluded to this when we're talking about the bright lights heroes. I think they may have learned their lesson and they're trying another attempt at heroes that kind of circumvent the 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 one action point thing. Um, because, like I said, all yeah. all three of them have some way to get around it. Like you have instant speed mm-hmm. items from the top of the deck, uh, the hyperdriver crank stuff, or the evos. But what I think one of the big differences is is they're all very specific. In, in like what they do rather than just like all your crap has go again or whatever um other than the action point from the, the but it's only from hyperdrivers so it's not just from any item mm-hmm. it's just only from hyperdrivers so yeah yeah, yeah it's a much more a measured yeah yep yeah sorry like you were saying <laughs> yeah um yeah. but i'm sure we'll see other items that have crank as well um, i expect perhaps. a lot of i expect a lot of them um mm-hmm. Also, uh, Briar obviously hit Living Legend, and uh, for those of you who aren't up up to date on it, uh, she will no longer be legal for play for Classic Instructed as of Friday, September 22nd, which is this coming Friday, so two days from the posting of this video. And, and that has the additional uh, repercussion of no more <laughs> Rosetta Thorn in CC. Get out of here. Baby. Just at all. It is gone. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. So you're going to go dust off your nebula blades and your uh, reaping blades. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, it took a while, but (laughs) I think people are going to notice very, very soon. Um, It's going to be extremely noticeable that whenever you sit down across from a rune blade, you don't have to worry about well, they don't have that much arcane damage, but they have the Rosetta Thorn, so I need two pieces of arcane barrier in case the game goes late. But it sucks because then I can't play this piece of equipment. Yeah, you just don't have to worry about that anymore. It is just yeah, they can do arcane damage in basically like instances of one at a time. Yep. Um, two and so, two is gone. Like, yeah, God, two we and never, two we is never, we never have to do that again. Oh, man. Like, maybe, people, at least just, maybe people will realize that Nebula Blades is actually really sweet. Because it attacks for four <laughs> and then gives you a rune chant if it hits. Um, yeah, but the but the thing is, it didn't have a chance to breathe at all because Rosetta Thorn was just so crazy. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Once once Arya came out, it was like, you know, shove oh, all this that again. Shove all this crap to the side. <laughs> we were, were playing Rosetta Thorn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember actually very specifically being sad when I was putting together my UPF um, Starvo deck because I was like, well, I don't want it to be just like a Starvo deck. So I don't want to play Titan's Fist because it isn't that like I'm not trying to make it just this is Starvo, but in UPF. So I was like, or uh, I don't want to play Winter's Whale. So I was like, yeah, I'll just play Titan's Fist because I don't want it to be that. And then I was looking at Titan's Fist and I was looking at Winter's Whale. I'm like, Winter's Whale is literally just always an activated Titan's Fist. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, there is no reason to play Titan's Fist, even if I'm not pitching uh, ice cards. It uh, is just better. There's no consideration there. The reason is if you're playing Bravo instead of Starvo. <laughs> that's, that's the reason. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, an ice, like, it's an ice weapon, uh, is it? 
It is ice. It is elemental guardian. Elemental, yeah, yeah, an elemental guardian weapon. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like it's just it's that's just the craziest part of. I mean, it's it's very indicative of Tales of Aria as a set. Um, that just the there are so many cards that were printed that were just like two or three notches above what they were supposed to be. Um, yeah. And then there were also cards like Ice Storm, which makes me sad because I love that card and it is not playable. <laughs> There's a lot of like sweet cards like that just, yeah, no one no one ever played because they're not as busted as the other crap in the set. Then I think if the set was yeah. toned down, that could be probably pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was a there was a couple of those. There was a couple of those, wasn't there? There was like the ice storm. Uh, what, what was the other one? Like flash freeze. Um, flash freeze. Other 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 weird uh, hybrid cards that you could use. Yeah. Those to the elements was one, oh, but God. I think that actually did see some amount of play. Yeah, um, because it killed uh, crown of seeds in the in the mirror match. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. <laughs> that was a stupid card. Uh, They're both yeah. stupid cards, to be honest. Another stupid card. Yeah. Cool. Remember, uh, this is this is going to trigger people who were around during the time and mean hopefully nothing to those who were spared. But remember Awakening? Remember oh, that I, card? Oh, I love oh. Awakening. That, that was like one of my one of my top picks for the set. Um, Holy it, took, it took a little while for people to come around to it, actually. It basically took a, it took until Starvo and people were like, oh, this yeah. card's like busted. And I was like, I know, right? Um, it just I'm actually, play. I think to tutor. It's I so think. Good. Wasn't our very very first interaction bill was playing Oldim versus Alia? <laughs> Do you remember that? I recalled I, I recorded it, but I didn't actually never saw the light of day. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, re- <laughs> I remember. I remember reaching out to you. I was mentioning and- it. I was mention- mentioning it to Kel. I was like, "Oh, I decided to play Oldim," and he was basically like, "Bleh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I played a few Awakenings that game as well. It was just absolutely <laughs> vile. Yeah. <laughs> Or was it you playing Oldham? I can't remember. It was definitely Oldham versus Azalea. And I think you might have been playing Azalea then. Oh, maybe I was. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago, though. Because I, cause I remember pulling, I remember opening one pack of Tales of Aria and I got a Winter's Whale and a Heart of Ice in the same pack. And I was like, right, Oof. I guess I'm playing, I guess I'm playing Oldham then. And then I decided yeah. to build an Oldham deck. Um, That was very short lived, but. Just a memory, yeah, as, as we know now. <laughs> yeah, God. Anyway, tells Aria, what a dirty, <laughs> dirty olden players here. Dirty old man. <laughs> I'm surrounded by me. foes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm beset uh, beset on all sides by evil men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I do want to mention. Uh, so, getting back a, a little, little bit on track. So, uh, Blitz, technically no changes. But uh, they do mention a couple mm-hmm. things, which I think is interesting. Uh, they they note that Chain Kasai and Kano appear to be distan- dis- distancing themselves as the the forerunners of the format. And I think anyone who plays Blitz kind of is like, duh. Um, yeah, Chain is yeah. like, he's still Chain. Chain's disgusting, and now he has more things. Yeah, yeah. Chain is still a gross deck. Like, it does so much for so little. Um, yeah. During one of our um, skirmishes. Uh, the one that I ended up getting to top table at, um, I was playing against, I played against three Icelanders and ended up losing to one of them that I beat in the rematch at the top table. Um, but, uh, one of the Icelanders that I played, I won because I presented 20 damage on turn one. 
Yeah. Like just straight up 20. And it wasn't even like hard. <laughs> like wow. it was pretty lucky, the stuff that I got, but it wasn't difficult. It was just attack you with three buffed attacks and then also Rosetta Thorn. Yeah. Like, it, okay. <laughs> geez. Chain. Yeah. If people, yeah, you know what? Just if, chain. If you're listening to this, and you don't have any experience playing against Chain, and you're one of the people who's just constantly complaining about Lexi, go play against Chain, and you'll get a little <laughs> bit of a, a perspective on what, what true power is, right? Like, Chain oh. is absolutely disgusting. Uh, definitely one of the best heroes they, they ever printed. I think there's an argument between, like, Chain and, and Starvo, and I think it's, like, a, like not... I, I think it's, like, way closer than people would think like well especially like like full power chain like yeah. initially with uh like something that we mentioned i think it was even last week um about like we were talking about tech cards and i mentioned that snag when i first started was like a 35 or 40 dollar card yeah. and it is now a bulk majestic from crew because it specifically countered chain but also subset more specifically countered rift bind a yep. singular attack from that deck people were willing <laughs> to spend 40 dollars to counter that one attack you, one just die, you just died a rift bind yeah, yeah. Ba basically what chain used to do is uh you could block really really effectively he had his husk and then um when once you got to late game he could just summon ursur and then still like punch you with all the crap that he has in his banish zone and if that's that's oh. if you survive all the the crap he's thrown out, because like while he's doing this, he's still attacking you with a bunch of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. chain's chain's pretty good, uh, and chain is still legal yeah. in Blitz. So if you want to be degenerate, hey, go play chain and Blitz. Um, oh, I love playing chain and Blitz because yeah. it is it's <laughs> very powerful. But like, can you imagine? Um, back in the day um this is a it's it's a very formative tournament for me so i know i reference it a lot and i'm sure listeners of the podcast have heard, heard me say specifically um uh was it pro tour pro tour uh, las here, vegas here calling las vegas again. yeah about tyler horsepool <laughs> yeah uh, calling, playing vegas. prism yeah the calling vegas tyler horsepool playing against chain and basically the only reason that Tyler Horsepool ended up winning, he played the, the the match extremely well, but he attacked one time and then full blocked for the rest of the game yep. and then just eventually fatigued chain. And that was it. Yep. Um, like there's a lot more nuance to that. I'm not trying to like boil it down to that's all you needed to do to beat chain. He was very not favored. Like chain was like everybody expected chain to win. Yeah. Um so yeah it was just it was super cool but that also speaks to like imagine that imagine that matchup if chain had access to rosetta thorn already because it was before tales of aria <laughs> yeah yeah like, that i don't think tyler horsepool could have won that uh like full power chain with rosetta thorn i think is just too much i remember um, right it was like personally. pretty good it was pretty close too like it wasn't like it a was very close <laughs> it wasn't like a runaway so yeah rosetta would have definitely leaked some damage here or there and we'll see we'll see yeah. what living legend i i do want to build a deck for the living legend format going into um worlds because they, they said they're going to do like a little like living legend event and i do want to build either a full power chain probably chain i don't i don't, I don't really want to do starvo so i'm probably just going to do like a a full chain i'm not sure if i'm not sure if it's going to be dusk blade chain or if it's going to be rosetta you'll probably just run both and then pick pick based on your matchup yeah but. just depending on the matchup yeah. I, I would probably bring dust blade in against like oldham yeah um, oh yeah 
Oh yeah, that thing that thing's gonna get huge. Oh, that's just, that sounds so fun, doesn't it? Just literally just there's no ban list, is there, in Living Legend nope. and that you, you can play not. any hero still. You can play any hero. I, I think doesn't that, have Yeah, it's everything, I think, is what James was saying. Brilliant. Yeah, so you can play. You can play what I was just referring to: full power chain with seeds of agony and uh, Rosetta Thorn. Oh, that deck yeah. sounds stupid. I think yeah. I'm gonna do that. Um, <laughs> I think that'll be fun. I think. I think if you guys are down for it, we should all build Living Legends decks for Worlds, so the Living Legends podcast can play in the first Living Legends event. <laughs> Hold yeah, on a minute. That. That's a, that's an opportunity, isn't it? Wait yeah. a second. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do it. I think I want to play Chain. Um, yeah. Oh, do I have to play something that's Living Legended, though? No, you can play Azalea if you want. But then just cool just know that you're going to go against the Chain, Starvos, and yeah. Prisms with Luminaris. I'll, yeah, if if, uh, if Kel calls Chain, then I think I'm going to call Starvo. I mean, yeah. Because I can play a really, really pimped version of Starvo. <laughs> I hey, yes. I, I do have a full cold foil set of equipment for chain. Like I have cold foil grasp, and I can do cold foil. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, husk and yeah. Oh, I actually really want to do that. <laughs> Makes mm. sense, doesn't I, it? I do have a cold foil dusk blade. I don't think I have a cold foil Rosetta Thorn, which are probably pretty cheap these days. I should look to get a, look into getting one of those. Yeah, hmm. I don't. I don't think they're expensive. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll build I'll build fully powered, uh, fully pimped Starvo. That would be very fun. Hell yeah. Okay. Getting back, getting back to the, the yeah. B, BNS. Um, there's a couple getting of things. Getting back to the BS. Exactly. <laughs> there, there's a couple things that I want to mention. So uh, in addition to them noticing that Chain, Kasai, and Kano, Kano is also disgusting, mm-hmm. in Blitz, they did say, and this is something that I really want to point out, Bright Lights is a set we expect to have a particularly large impact on the Blitz format. So, right. like I was saying, I think I think Max Nitro is probably like disgusting as hell. I, I think he's going to be like, here's my stupid Nitro suit. I'm just going to smack you for a million damage and block for forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think yeah. I think they're alluding to Max. I, I can maybe see. I can maybe see the other two, but Max seems the most obvious to me. Yeah, I think just the prospect of getting like an early, even if it's like turn three or four Nitro Mechanoid, I think that that's just so strong. Like, can you do it if you're you're able to do it with any amount of frequency um, or consistency? I think that's I think it's just crazy. (laughs) Personally, I don't have the math and stuff in my head for this, but dear listeners, Comment, can Max do it turn one? Can he assemble the Nitro Mechanoid turn one if you get like a god hand? Let us know in the comments. I actually don't know if you can. Because, yeah, you would get plus one resource from... Because you can uh, like... You can play it... From heart. Crank. Play it. Crank. How many do you need? Do you need four or is it five? Three. You only need three nitro mechanoid, or you, you only need three. You only need three hyper drivers for nitro, nitro mechanoid. You can't do it turn one then. I don't think. You could do it maybe yeah, turn, I think it's turn two. Yeah, I think it's it too two. many. Unless you were able to draw a card some way. Hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. So you start with a okay. full card hand. Okay, so you you you, you need... play. Uh, the I keep forget, I forgot the name of the card again already. 
Um, the one that gives you action points whenever you boost and you draw a card. Oh, high octane. Yeah. So you, you start with a high octane and then you boost enough where you can Toma Fiendel, Toma Fiendel into a bunch of hyper drivers and then hyper driver, hyper driver, hyper driver, because they all have go again from the crank. And then you play the Nitro Mechanoid. So that, that would technically work. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just need, yeah, you just need Toma Fiendels. Um, but that does draw, it draws four cards off of two resources. So yeah. that's technically turning two cards into four. Yeah. Hmm. That could be it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, anyway. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Kind of getting in the weeds. Just, Flesh and blood algebra session. Just important to note that the LSS fully expects like bright lights to be very strong in Blitz. Didn't mention it, I don't think, for CC, but in Blitz, they're like, yo, this is going to be nuts. Which mm -hmm. We'll see. Well, yeah, and just getting more access to boost cards, I think, is going to be just extremely impactful in Blitz. Yeah. Because there already is um, like a, a critical mass of boost cards in uh, in Blitz anyway, but getting access to like better ones uh, is going to be like just increasing the overall um, quality of them can make a really, really big difference. Yeah. Uh, there's two more things on the BNS that I want to mention. Um, one of them is that living legend points are being increased um, mm -hmm. by basically double for certain events. Specifically, uh, they're increasing uh, ProQuest, RTN, and PTI, PTI events to four points per event win. And then they're also... Um, uh, and points available at skirmishes to two per event win. So I think that's going from two to four and then from one to two for each respective uh, event. And I think this is pretty interesting. And I think it is. I, I think this is something that some people might have differing opinions on, but I think it's cool because it keeps the format fresh and it allows heroes that are problematic to LL faster. Um and it also makes these like lower stake events have a little bit higher stakes, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's a cool thing just overall. Um, I think it's a good idea. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have any opinions on the, the LL point changing. Yeah, uh, I think it's, I think it's pretty, I think, it, I think it's going to naturally going to need to evolve over time because of the injection of, many heroes like we're getting three yeah. in this set who knows what's going to be the next one there's just going to become a point where there's too many heroes um yeah. so i think they need to accelerate something in order to get those ones that identify themselves as a is as a meta deck to uh, rotate faster so it yep. keeps it mm -hmm. fresh like you said um because it is a eternal format essentially because your heroes never go away until they living legend so that process will need to speed up as more and more heroes get introduced. So uh, yeah. we, I, I would expect it to ramp up even more so as, as time goes on, if there isn't many changes happening. So yeah, it's just sort of so. something that's, you have to get with. That's a, just a necessary part for a system like living legend, where it was based around what the game looked like at the time. Uh, yeah. And it kind of has like these two axes of interaction almost um, where there's only there was only like X number of tournaments being played where heroes were able to top and you were able to get points from that. There are now 
infinitely more tournaments <laughs> from yeah. like when the system was initially uh-huh. implemented. Yeah. Um, and there's also like, as said, infinitely more heroes. So it's like um, if a hero does top an event, it should probably be substantial in some ways, because, yeah, like if a hero ends up being the top deck and like it gets played at every single tournament in a season and it wins every single tournament in a season that's probably not a mistake like that is probably like the hero is very strong it is stronger than all of the other heroes that were printed it should make sense that like if you do that well obviously that doesn't like realistically happen but just as an argument if something like that happens it should result in a pretty substantial leap towards living legend um as a way to sort of self-balance um the format so and we've discussed you think it just makes sense (laughs) yeah exactly and we've discussed on the podcast before like even giving points for people that are consistently top eighting events as well to Mm -hmm. speed it up because if the same deck is appearing at top eight and just can't convert or whatever for whatever reason but there's still a consistent presence you can still argue that that is still a meta deck that's maybe causing issues or becoming a stale format or whatever um and um, as a counterpoint to that as well, with regards to heroes that live that reach Living Legend, there is going to be a Living Legend format. So it's just going to recycle itself all the time because, yeah. you know, you're still going to get into Living Legend. What happens when Oldim is dominating the Living Legend format? Maybe you're going to go into Living Living Legend format. <laughs> nope. Uh, no, it's just no a he goes perpetual. into Dead Legend. He goes into Dead Legend. <laughs> yeah, dead, um, dead. Oh, that, that's a really cool name uh, for a lot dead of Dead Legend. <laughs> yeah. Just, just filled with all the ash of burnt Oldham cards. I think, I think Living Legend <laughs> format is just supposed to be like the Wild West. I think you, you just, yeah, to, yeah. It's like vintage. Yeah, exactly. it's, supposed it's supposed to, to be, be the crazy, the dumping grounds. <laughs> the dumping and it can just be. That's what I mean. It can still be a place if Living Legend format is successful. It probably will just exist in this, maybe this casual space. I imagine, um, but it's still I... a place where you could go to play your heroes of Living Legend or whatever. I do think that at least theoretically um, it does have the ability to be like a popular format. Um, It's being able to do powerful stuff with the most powerful cards that were ever printed. Like there's a reason why um, there were two old style um, Magic the Gathering formats that were just objectively like as popular as they could have possibly been. There was just a huge barrier of entry, specifically vintage and legacy. Oh, I love legacy. Um, legacy is like for the people ball. who play them. They're so like it is. It's such a good format. It like they're they're really really cool. The only thing is that printing cards and power creep and whatever has really started to impact those, which makes them feel much different. And the cost of entry is like a house, like actually literally the cost of a house sometimes. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it's a little bit, So you know? So yeah, like being able to play powerful cards is still something that people want to do. Is that... Does that sort of format attract... Is that attractive to like pro players though? Or is it more casual players that... Well, I guess maybe not if it costs that much, but people who have money, what sort of? Yeah, <laughs> is that is that the only people that play that format though? Is it or could play like who's it for essentially? Yeah, like, not necessarily the uh, like. There are a decent amount of people that I am aware of that play Legacy, who play the who play Legacy specifically because it's reminiscent of how Magic used to be. So it's like a it's sort of um, nostalgic for 
the times that you played before there was that much balance in the game janky um, power that, basically yeah yeah like whether or not that's good or bad people like to play with their old cards um it does attract a lot of very um like competitive people i think naturally because the cards are so much more powerful mm. um especially when it ends up being something like i think like legacy and uh current flesh and blood or i guess legacy and living legends are actually pretty well intertwined because as new cards get printed they immediately go right into the living legends format so it's different from something like yeah. from Yu-Gi-Oh, the, the goat format which is just like up to when scapegoat was a regular card or like in magic 93 94 which is just the first year that it was released and it is exactly only old cards like it's still a format that can evolve as new stuff gets printed um and i think that that probably pushes it a little bit closer towards competitive because then there are people trying to say well there's this new card that breaks this old card so i'm going to do that in this living legends format yeah um because i can mm -hmm. play stuff like seeds of agony or awakening to like support that and make it even stronger <laughs> yeah yeah makes sense you makes could sense. even proxy cards as well right for legacy you could proxy well, Khan. You can proxy whatever the hell you want anytime you want, whether or not it's going to be legal for the tournament to a whole other question. Um, yeah, I can't, remember, I can't remember whether I saw something that said you could proxy cards. Or officially, have in official Magic tournaments, you cannot use proxies at all, period. Mm -hmm. There are there many some, other yeah. ones. Oh, sure, Bill. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. There were, yeah, there were some tournaments that would be played like non-officially, like non-sanctioned. Mm -hmm. um, there were actually, there was uh, a, a local store that... Um, did i believe it was 15 proxy legacy um so you could you could proxy cards but you could only proxy a maximum of 15 yeah. um which is kind of a weird like half step measure um i do get it but like at the same time if you're already proxying then whatever um yeah but yeah i ended up i ended up playing in that and especially for like non-sanctioned stuff i think it's good but also i think in terms of just barrier of entry in general for flesh and blood the living legends format I don't think is going to have that much of a barrier of entry. Um, no, it's like the like same. It's the same as yeah. it's the same as regular flesh and blood. It might like, be cheaper actually you, because like yeah, some some fancy cards like like I said like Cold War Rosetta Thorn like who the hell wants that now like UPF yeah. players and Legend <laughs> players. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like the thing is, you don't have to buy the pimp versions of all the cards just to play the living yeah. legends format like the non-foil versions of all of the pulses if you wanted to play um starvo oh, yeah. they're like a couple dollars each starvo Wait. himself is like a couple dollars probably less than that uh, if i had to guess right yeah probably less like i i'm pretty sure you could buy a full starvo deck outside of maybe the equipment i think crown of seeds is still maybe expensive um, I, it'll probably drop again though because Briar just got banned. Yeah, so there's like, yeah, there aren't any CC heroes that can play Crown of Seeds. Period. <laughs> you can only play Crown of Seeds competitively in Briar Blitz. I think is Briar the, Blitz. That's is the, the only. Place yeah, that's the only it, one. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, Crown of Seeds might not even be expensive anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. It like maybe through the equipment costs you maybe a maximum of two hundred dollars if i'm being like on the upper end but yeah for the rest of the cards in the deck i i really don't think that um living legend starvo is expensive to build if you're if you're doing like lowest rarity whatever um i really think that it would be relatively cheap <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well to build like the most powerful deck 
in in recent memory at least <laughs> <laughs> so I, there's a couple exciting things just kind of baked into the living legend points things that we were sort of talking about um <laughs> and that is uh basically kind of harkens to what as said and that there's going to be a lot more heroes and lss specifically lays out in this announcement if you haven't read it that they uh, are happy to confirm that almost all of their sets going forward will offer limited format gameplay. Um, in addition to that, that the hero roster is set to expand significantly over the next 12 months. So Flesh yeah. and Blood fans, we're going to have a lot more heroes in the next 12 months, and that's likely directly because of more limited environment sets, which means we're going to have a lot more you know, new heroes in draft sets is what this is telling me. It means we're probably going to have less sets like Outsiders that had like reprint heroes in the limited set, and they're probably just going to be brand new heroes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think they'll? Do you think they'll be? Um, do you think they'll be specifically, uniquely young heroes, or do you reckon they will do the same amount for CC as well? Probably, probably both. Probably um, both. Yeah. Because this is, <clears throat> pardon me, this is specifically under the increased living legend points section. So I would assume that. Since most people talk about CC and Living Legend points, it pro- they're probably going to do both. I expect, like oh. for Bright Lights, I expect there to be three new adult heroes and three new young heroes. Yeah. Um, and then nice. the last thing I want to talk about is pretty simple, but it's just something that I want to mention, especially for folks who like these formats like I do, and that's Ultimate Pit Fight and Commoner. And basically what they're doing is they're normalizing deck construction between all blitz like formats so it says uh in order to better align with the blitz format the commoner and upf are tied to deck construction rules for both of these formats will change as follows effective from today and it's basically the new blitz rules so you have uh, one young hero a 52 card pool that includes weapons equipment inventory etc and cards in the main deck and then you start with exactly 40 cards in your main deck with up to two copies of each unique card. And uh, that's basically the exact same as the the uh, Blitz rules. So you just have a 52-card pool um, that it can include yeah. all of your stuff, right? Um, so technically a 53-card pool, including your hero. Um, and I just like them normalizing this uh, across all of the, the Blitz stuff. It just makes it a lot easier. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Cool change. Uh, this is something that I literally mentioned at the uh, UPF event that I was at a couple days ago. I was like, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they, um, you know, just adjust adjust the UPF deck construction rules um, since we are having more UPF stuff coming out, especially with the, the round the table product dropping soon, very soon. Yeah. Um, were they were they fifty three card decks as well? Were they one hero fifty two cards? I am they... not. I am not allowed to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless it says already. <laughs> unless it says already in the thing, in which, whatever it says on the the thing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, because I have had people ask me. They're like, "How many of those? What is it called? Braveries? Because Bravant, the mm. guardian, is like you can have any number of braveries in your deck. And one of the first things I did was like. Uh, give me that deck. I want to see how many bravery, and I literally counted to see how many were in the deck. Um, nice. So I know how many are in the deck. Yeah. But same thing for a lot of the other ones. I'm like, give me that deck. I want to see. I want to see like how many like majestics, and if they put duplicates of majestics and all this kind of stuff. Once again, I will not. <laughs> I'm not able to say, but you will not disclose that information here today. But it's very very soon. It's coming right around the corner. Nine days away, I think. Uh, well, eight days away from the 
about a week or so when you're listening to this. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. nice that they're they're consolidating all those formats together. So if you're bringing your Blitz deck to a tournament, you can then hop into the Ultimate Pit Fight and play with the same yeah. deck. You don't have to make any changes or anything. So that makes it a lot easier for people to do that, basically. Yeah. Probably not like yeah. optimal or whatever, but you can do it, sure. You can do it, yeah. 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 I think so. the idea, at least for me, of just like think planning on going to an event and just bringing the round the table product and just having mm. it sleeved up as is and just being like hey does anybody want to play some upf and just having a product made is like so cool like i'm just, i'm really excited for that specifically i think that that's just a really great yeah um option to have uh and i definitely see myself doing it at least one time in my life <laughs> i really love the product and I'm looking forward to playing it. So, yeah. Definitely. That's, yeah. It's really cool. Anyway, so with all that said, I think that wraps up our BNS uh, discussion, unless you guys have anything else to say. And then we can go to uh, Arsenal Step and wrap wrap this uh, show up. Yeah. yeah I think cool. we're, Sounds good. I think we're good to, to start winding down. Sweet. Well, we've talked a lot about. I, I have a small, minuscule arsenal step. And that's just like, I've been playing a lot of other card game stuff recently. I have the uh, Ascent Houston for Grand Archive coming up at the end of this month that I'm going to be competing in. Um, And then other than that, I've just been like, kind of, it's it's hard to say. I don't want to say I'm like getting back into magic. I kind of am, but it's like, I talked about this in, in another video and I, talk about this in other places but it's 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 different i'm not i'm not like playing standard i'm not playing modern i'm not playing any of that stuff but what i am d- doing is i bought a, i bought a bunch of draft boxes so i can have like drafts with like friends when i have yeah. people over and so now I have, a, I have a bunch of draft boxes that i bought also they're, they're cheaper than all the other crap that they have and i'm just like i have them specifically for draft and then i have been like messing around with like building a canadian highlander deck um as well as like some new commander decks if anyone knows magic and knows commander there's like a couple commander decks that i want to build there's like four but the one that i'm like really doing right now other than like this fairies one is uh there's a there's a card they did a they did a street fighter crossover thing and then they made like in-universe versions of those characters so i am making the chun li deck but the in-universe version of chun li and basically what she is is she's kind of like a cool spell slinger where she copies things so you you basically uh exile instance from your graveyard and then when she attacks she copies them and you can cast them and so it's like this cool like spell slinger attacky kind of Mm -hmm. thing um and what colors what colors is it that one it's it's uh, a azorius i was gonna say esper but yeah it's it's blue white yeah um and so when you attack Uh you can be like oh i cast pongify and swords and brainstorm and all this other crap um and then I'm running, my finishers are uh, the two towers. So I'm running the uh, Aetherflux Reservoir, um, as well as uh, the, what is it called? It's like a lightning tower that deals damage every time you cast a spell in the turn. Oh, so, yeah, the, the storm one. Yeah. yeah. So th- I can't those think are of what it's, uh, what its name is right now. Those are my main um, win cons. I might, inc- I haven't built the deck yet. Uh, I have like a pile of 250 cards that I need to, whittle down um but i also put brain freeze in my so i could also like storm kill brain freeze someone if i 
I do it. You basically can do cool stuff like turnabout because turnabout is an instant. So you can like play all your crap and then like turnabout to untap all your all your lands and then do all do do it all again. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's something, what I, something I do want to note for people who are not familiar with magic but are familiar with Street Fighter. The non-in-universe version oh, of so Chun-Li cool. is extremely flavorful so cool. because the ability that she has is called multi-kicker. She has multi-kicker. Oh, no, and, and you put kick counters on the you things put kick that, counters you, on that you... Things. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, um, I, I love that. The fact that they gave her multi... Like, that's what magic was building to this whole time. I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> it, they created kicker all the way back in the day, and they're like, Chun-Li, baby. Chun-Li. It's yeah. so... It's so great. It's one of those things like since I'm kind of tangentially getting back into it, I'm like back back capping, you know, going back and looking at all the, the stuff that I missed. And I'm like, this Chun Lee thing is like sweet. Like, and I typically go for like, you know, black decks. My one of my favorite decks is like Marin. I'm just like, this blue white deck seems cool. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing that. And I have a lot of really fancy cards to make it look awesome. So my deck's gonna be all be all cool and awesome and stuff. I could Hell yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what I've been doing. Just other card game stuff. No, that's a funny thing though about um, about Magic is obviously because it's because of it is extensive history. You can just type in random card on Scryfall, and then it gives you something that you've never seen before, even though you've been following it for the last twenty years or whatever. It's that's, just crazy yeah, how they 30. can still spew out cards that you've never heard of. Almost thirty oh, yeah. for me. It's. Uh, yeah. I, I won't talk too much more about magic, but in my I did I did I recently did like a top five TCGs video where I just talk about the top five games that I'm currently playing, and then I showcase a deck from each of them uh, because hey I I just want to show decks, and also I, I think it le- le- gives credence to the fact that I'm actually playing these games and I really like them, and it's not just some random person being like, oh these are these five games that I sort of know about. But anyway, I talk about the, the magic part, and that magic is to me. Like the essence of magic is is the legacy of trading card games because it is like the it is the first trading card game is the progenitor. And so it's a game where you can literally just do whatever the hell you want. It's been out for mm-hmm. so, so long. There are so, so many cards. It is just like you can just do what what whatever. Like mm. it's, it's, they literally have like tens of thousands of cards that like it can just be whatever, whatever you want. So. That, that that I think is Magic's biggest strength, um, is mm. that, yeah, you could probably do that with like Yu-Gi-Oh, but Yu-Gi-Oh is like, you got to read it, you got to read an essay every single time you look at the card, look at the cards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do, I do really want to build a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, but every time I like sort of take a couple steps, and I'm like, no, no, I don't, nah. I don't want to do CBA. <laughs> I have, I have a Pokemon deck. I have a Gym Leader Challenge Pokemon deck. But when I'm when I try to get into like Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm like maybe I'll have my one Yu-Gi-Oh deck. I'm just like the closest I've gotten is when Bill mentioned that weird format that he plays. That's the closest I've gotten to build a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. And Edison. <laughs> and I I couldn't find an Edison deck that I really liked all that much. But maybe I didn't look hard enough. Um, I don't know. Um, Elliot and I actually for for my arsenal. Elliot and I went to. Uh, there was a local regionals, like a Yu-Gi-Oh regionals that happened this weekend or yeah, this past weekend. And uh, they uh, there was a side event for Edison specifically. 
And long story short, Elliot and I ended up uh, winning way more games than we anticipated and then <laughs> fought against each other in the finals. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And oh, wow. It was it was just like we could have just played at home. We didn't have to drive all the way. It was like downtown. It was in like right. the convention center. <laughs> Did you win anything at least? Did you get any cool swag? Y- Yugi swag? Uh, there was only one prize, but it was uh, like a cool exclusive mat for okay. like the type of, of tournament that it's, it was. The side event is specifically called like a time wizard, like um, mm. sort of like throwback retro format sort of deal. Um, so yeah, he got, a, he got a mat for that. But otherwise it was just us kind of having fun playing with uh the local the local edison peeps um nice so yeah that was that was fun uh and then the other thing that i'm very excited about right now uh i bought myself a little handheld emulator that looks like oh, a sick. game boy um, like a game boy yeah awesome. it's called the the anburnic rg35xx and i've been playing uh rom hacks of pokemon fire red um <laughs> as it's very fun. I'm having a great time. Clearly, Bill already owns copies of Fire Red, so this is That's totally right. legal. I own every single listening. I own every single Nintendo console <laughs> and every single Pokemon game. Let me have this. I kind of yeah, I'm like I actually like legit believe that you have all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I'm not saying I'm not saying to you let me have this because I know that you're fine with it. Just anybody who would have an issue with that, I do own all the games. Yeah, please. And I'll just for just for the record as well, Living Legends podcast, uh, as from Gergen Gaming, has now just purchased a Fire Red that he doesn't intend to play, just for Bill's sake. Um, <laughs> just bought it on, <laughs> just bought it on eBay. <laughs> just bought it on eBay. Yeah, I love it. He's uh, just so as is just such a such a bro. Yeah, such an absolute mensch. <laughs> oh, it's so good. As do you have any? Do you have anything in your arsenal? Just yeah, actually, pack, uh, pack, packing it in. Yeah, I've been, I've been packing some Recently, that's for sure. Um, hmm. <laughs> um, I don't but, know if we can. Um, we're, we're whether I can talk those. about it on the podcast is another thing entirely. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, I have actually been. I've been writing a campaign for Dungeons and Dragons that I'm going to be running with a few people. Um, and um, one of the one of the books that I got for it was uh, Spelljammer. Oh hell yeah, great. yeah! So uh, traveling the astral sea, so it's it's quite it's quite a dimension hopping, lots of portals that take you to different places and stuff, and loads of lore and stuff that I've made behind the reasons why for that. Um, so I thought the getting the spelljammer books was a good place to start because obviously it's a lot of astral sea stuff going on, a lot of ethereal creatures and stuff. So I really hope this it, is the one that you invited me to join. Because yeah, now I'm actually very I'm 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 even more excited because I can love Spelljammer, dude, and I've yeah I've not got to play it in like a very long time. So yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know how much I don't really I don't know how much aspects of it I'm going to use, but I thought it was a it was a necessary pickup because of the fact that it's dimension hopping situations, um, and there's going to be ships and stuff in it as well, like spaceships Ooh. and that. Which are within the realms of fantasy, of course, but um, but yeah, writing a an actual campaign homebrew is very taxing, um, and a lot of work needs to go into it. I've I've, I've wrote twenty eight pages so far. <laughs> did you watch that um, uh, Chris Perkins video that I shared in the other chat? I did. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I was like, yeah. is that he literally just gives tips for being a DM, and Chris Perkins is like the actual goat. He's like, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually I'm actually watching a few of his few videos because it's just on the Dungeons and Dragons channel, isn't it? Loads of like yeah. how to do this, how to do that, top ten yeah, Chris, tips or whatever. Chris Perkins wrote like most of the books, right? So it's like yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So doing a lot of doing a lot of prep for that. Um, there's already a weird character being played. We've got a, a Furbolg druid. Uh, character who is an astral drifter which again is in the astral astral adventurers ah, guide so again mm. it gave me the gave me the the thing to the sort of reasoning to pick it up because so there's loads of other things in there i mean I, I could go into i can go into all of this for god knows how long so i've got 28 pages of it but um yeah something i've been something i've been doing recently which has taken up a lot of time and another series on another series on my channel before we translate into socials uh another new series on my channel is called great mail day which is basically just inviting someone on well i've got a regular guest his name's seb uh, from the netherlands um he's just an avid collector collects everything um which is just us describing and showing off what we got in the mail each week which can range from trading cards to games to board games tabletop stuff um each about every week or so um, and just showing that off, really, because we just love collecting random geeky things, you know? I mean, it's just yeah. like to speak about it rather than just speaking about the same thing every single time. It's nice to mix it up a bit. I'm always buying new crap. Hey, check it out. I got one piece now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got a Shadow Shadow First deck the other the other day and showed that off as well. And even though I got my ass whipped five five games in a row by Pascal, oh, kicked I my ass. Can't wait to play more Shadowverse <laughs> Evolved, dude. The, at the end of this month, the new set comes out and I'm so stoked. I already pre-ordered a case and uh, it's mm. just going to be not awesome, nerdy, weeby goodness at the end of the month because it's like Shadowverse Evolve comes out uh, and then um, I'm going to the Ascent Houston to play Grand Archive and then when I get back, I believe Bright Lights is out because I think I leave on Bright Lights pre-release weekend and so I come back and then Bright Lights will be out. So nice, lots, yeah, lots nice. of card games. But yeah, just just want to speak about more things going forward. So I thought that was a good good idea. But anyway, yeah. So uh, should we just should we just do show socials now and then close it off? <laughs> Probably. I do want to ask Probably. you questions after the show. I have, I have questions about your D and D thing, <laughs> but I'm sure that people don't, yeah. don't care all that much. <laughs> nah, yeah, um, exactly. Um, so uh, that's the show, everyone. Thank you for thank you for being here and listening to our to our random crap. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the the pretty like thorough segment, the the whole flesh and blood stuff. We were pretty on on track, at least for that for this part. Yeah, it only, it only devolved into yeah, chaos a, for the arsenal step. There was a couple of. Really? Uh, sorry, I was going to say there was a, there was a couple of there was a couple of. Uh, sidesteps in the flesh and blood scene like living legends and all this and we we discussed a load of things there as well so that's all good what was you gonna say bill oh i was just gonna say um our our like set list our like itinerary was only like five things long and i was like oh yeah cool that'll be great like i'm actually pretty tired (laughs) 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 meanwhile two hours later (laughs) two hours later still going it's just what happens on this podcast the tangents were like like flesh and blood related tangents and not they were fleshed out weren't they yeah they, they were fleshed out yeah they were fleshed out but they weren't like 30 minutes of Baldur's gate t- tangents kind of thing that's true yeah yeah <laughs> but at least at least we know we can do that you know that's that's, that's the thing the, the, i don't think I, I, i'm pretty sure we're the only 
podcast that release an episode every week without fail, which is flesh and blood related every single week. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but we're still, pretty, we're pretty consistent. We're pretty, we're pretty consistent, and we can just chat about all aspects of the Flesh and Blood Trading Guard game. Is the tagline yeah. right? So yeah, you know, and at this point, most other games too, and sometimes, most other games as yeah, well. Sometimes, but I mean, like you know, a lot of people in the card game world. There are people who play only one card game, but I know there's a lot of people you know who also yeah. kind of dabble here and there. Sometimes you get burned out. Sometimes you just want to check out something new. Like I mean, I bought these. Like I'm not. I'm not planning to like you know mainline mainline one piece but i want to play it just a little bit because everyone says it's really fun so i'm just bought the starter decks and they're pretty cheap there's only 15 bucks for both of them so it's just like sure give it a shot anyway exactly um (laughs) thank you all so much for watching and listening yep exactly yeah well that's just just really in so yeah i'll I'll be asked from go again gaming find me on go again gaming az on uh on twitter and go again gaming uh on youtube uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, and um, yeah. I've been Kel from Red Zone Rogue. I I guess uh, it's a weird way. I don't know. Red Zone Rogue everywhere. <laughs> um, and you can you can find me and talk about card games and and whatnot. I love card games, and uh, yep, mostly Flesh and Blood is what I talk about, but a lot of other stuff too. So, and then we also have uh, uh, Bill. Bill, I'm uh, Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on socials uh at bill tsf uh you can also find me on youtube at spike feeders fab uh we do live edited gameplay content and if that's something that interests you you should definitely check it out uh we are very likely going to be uh doing upf content with the new uh round the table product when it comes out so keep an eye out for that uh because i think that'll be something that um will kind of be like Filling a niche, and that seems to be just what the Spike Feeders MO is: filling niches. So, yeah, not be um, good fun to see. Yeah. yeah, so looking forward to that already. Um, also, just as one last thing for for everybody, let's go around. Uh, or I guess not, Kel, because you're you've already done it. But yeah, my spoiler card mm. or the Spike Feeder spoiler card is uh, getting revealed. I don't know what the specific time is going to be, but it will be uh, this Friday, the twenty second. Um, and oh, okay. I guess, like I had already kind of alluded to, it is cards. I got two. Hmm. So, <laughs> which uh, oh, that's good. on which Twitter will they should they follow? Is it on the Spike Feeders Twitter or your Twitter? Or uh, it depends on. I I don't remember if I still have access to the Spike Feeders Twitter. I feel like I do, but I just I'm not sure what the password is off the top of my head. So I hmm. might just be posting them directly and then uh, get somebody who's already logged in to retweet it from okay. the Spike Feeders Twitter. <laughs> Or it yeah. might come from the Spike Feeders Twitter. Just follow both, just, just to follow, be safe. Just follow you both. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It can't be too safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do do it before Elon Musk charges you to use Twitter. Oh my God! I just heard about that today. But what? That's <laughs> that's yeah. for another time. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody uh, for hanging out with us and have a great rest of your days. Go go. Yeah. As has a spoiler too. Should watch oh, right. No, yes. no, I don't. No, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got so offended by uh Kel mentioning Elon Musk. Oh, Elon man. Musk like, oh, close Shut it, it off. down. <laughs> Shut it down. It's all uh, over. I think, yeah, I think, I think we already mentioned it to a certain degree earlier on, but yeah, I'll reiterate it again. So mine's on Sunday, and that is 9 p.m. BST, which is UK time. So for mainly American audience, which is 
basically a lot of it um is uh one afternoon yeah it's one o'clock pacific so it's like you know adjust accordingly afternoon across wherever you are yeah yeah um but yeah it's a cool one and i had fun with it and it's uh in tandem with a the avatar of my D character which you may or may or not have seen but if you haven't seen you definitely should that's it really yeah go watch our D thing it's super cool yeah there's going to be more to come as well so it's going to be even cooler actually Kale was like, hey, the other one was like pretty grounded in reality and gritty, and this one's going to be like nuts. So Absolutely nuts, which is going to include my spoiler card. Anyway, let's cut the podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> bye, 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 everyone. See ya. <laughs>